There's a downtown building that some people want to see preserved for the ages, but there are other people who say it's not worth keeping. We'll talk about what building it is, plus more on the Access Louisville podcast. That's coming up next. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Coffin. Hi there. Shay Van Hoy. Howdy. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening in Louisville, Kentucky. So, lately, Marty, you have been following this story of the Odd Fellows building. Uh, there's an effort to preserve the building, which is located right beside the Omni Hotel. Um, and uh, some people say that its legacy is worth preserving, and other people say it's not. Uh, so we'll start there this week. Uh, you know, the Omni, I guess, is saying they can do more if the building is demolished. So I guess what's the latest on this story? Yeah, so back in November, the local landmarks commission voted to make it a local landmark. This came up after Omni came out and said, we want to demolish it, put an entertainment center. They haven't really specified how big this entertainment center would be or what kind of entertainment they'd offer. They've just kind of said in vague terms, we want to build an entertainment center. I think they they first broached the subject in you know 2019 or early 2020. I believe it was 2019 when they first submitted a plan to the city. Um, then there was a move to get this in front of the Landmarks Commission like I said, it was uh, designated a local landmark, but there's been some pushback on that. And now there's a resolution that's made it through a committee, planning and zoning committee. Well, now we heard by the Metro Council um, to kind of reverse that decision, which is very unusual. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. For one thing, there's not a lot of buildings that get landmark status in the first place. And then it's really unusual for them to be reversed so this would be a little bit a little bit different for yeah. should this be reversed i hope if they get it done and they build something new they give us a russell crowe style are you not entertained uh <laughs> in the uh entertainment space that they won't explain <laughs> but uh anyway so the uh i, I think if, if i remember incorrectly here correct me if i'm wrong uh, david james and Corey arthur are the sponsors of the bill that would take away the landmark status and what is what's their uh uh, argument against that so there's a few things uh and it's spelled out in the resolution which we've linked to on our website um for one thing they talked about the, the oddfellows organization for a very long time used the building and they had a watts only clause that went up until the early 70s when they removed it so they were saying you know usually if there's a local landmark and you're trying to tie it to an event or an organization or an individual and there's really nothing that stands out specific about the oddfellows organization in terms of major events or major figures. So they're saying, you know, they have a vague legacy in the building and they also have a history of racism while in the building. Odd racist so fellows. So it's like, if, you're, if your legacy is very vague to begin with and you also have this kind of racist history, or at least for in terms of banning um, those that were not white uh, from, the, from the facility, which other other um, organizations did the same thing, but probably didn't do it as long as the Oddfellows. Like I said, it went into the early 70s before that was lifted. Yeah. Um, then it's like, you know, what kind of legacy are we really, really protecting here is kind of their argument. Yeah. The other thing is they just don't feel like it stands, it kind of reaches muster of 
being preserved from an architectural standpoint. There was a fire there, I think, in the 80s that did quite a bit of damage. There was some significant remodeling, and they're saying a lot of the historical elements have been either destroyed or replaced with mm-hmm. stuff that's not historic. So, you know, their argument is, you know, this probably would not uh, qualify for a listing on the National Register of Historic Places. So, you know, why are we making a historical landmark? So, so they kind of come at it from a couple of different angles in their resolution. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the first time, I guess, preservationists and developers, Omni in this case, has uh, um, have fought, right? And not even the first yeah. time on this site, right? I mean, there's been other historical... There, there was a push, uh, a pretty significant push to save the old Louisville Water Company building that was mm-hmm. where Omni is now. And they did preserve, I believe, the, some of the facade and the sun, which is in Omni. Mm-hmm. We don't really know where the facade is. I just know it's in storage. But I know that they preserved the sun, incorporated into the hotel. But that effort was not successful, obviously, because... Omni was built, but uh, there was a push as Omni was being kind of considered and in the design phases to preserve that building and, and make it uh, and keep it keep it from being torn down. But that, as we know, did not occur. Yeah. So, and refresh my memory real quick. What street is that on? Is that uh, Guthrie that that it's on? And it's on Second. I see. I think the address is on Muhammad Ali. So it was, okay, it's it's near uh, Fourth and I want to say Fourth and. Or wait, no, no, it's between Second and Third Street. On yeah, the yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I couldn't recall if there was that yeah that little side street that runs there beside uh, beside the Omni. I didn't, I couldn't remember which one it was on, but uh, I believe the address is two eleven West Muhammad. Yeah, so okay. Don't quote me on that. So, that yeah, that, that makes believe. sense because it faces that way. Uh, so what's next on this? Is there a, a full council vote coming? So yeah, so anytime you know resolutions are advanced out of committees they end up going to the full council for a vote i don't have the date handy but at their next meeting this will be part of the business that will be uh, uh, tackled there so you know i imagine there'll be some presence by preservationists at that meeting i don't know i did ask some of the groups that are uh, pushing to save it uh, vital sites neighborhood planning and preservation and the Louisville historical league have all partnered to kind of try to save the building i asked them if they're planning any more rallies because they've had a couple there in just the last few weeks and they, they didn't roll it out, but uh, they were, they were not very happy with the uh, vote the other day and was hoping that the, uh, the Metro council as a whole, because the vote was five to one. So it was a very small group within the Metro council. So there's still a chance that it would, it will not be voted. Um, there will be, you know, cause there's 26 people in the council. And uh, so who knows how to go with the full council, but they're hoping the full council will see it differently. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I know we've had these issues before with, uh, preservationists and this story, uh, it's not only Marty's been covering it, but we had an opinion column in Louisville business first, uh, uh, you know, someone speaking in favor of keeping it. So I don't know, uh, where do you, I guess, Shay, where do you stand on this? I mean, do you, do you feel like, uh, do you think we should keep this building? Do you have a strong opinion or are you, uh, are you kind of just waiting to see what happens? I think it's just really interesting, the arguments, um, because, you know, I under, like we've had a lot of, you know, statues, including in Louisville with, you know, ties to racist figures that have been taken down and across the country, but this is a little different. It's a building. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that a structure can be racist. Um, Things that went on inside might've been, you know, heavily Mm -hmm. racist, but um, so that argument is kind of interesting that, 
things that took place in a building that has had other uses, I think. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think just sticking more to the argument of like, is this a building worth saving or not? And it's, you know, on one side, it's, um, you know, this building's kind of run down. Why would we save it to the, the preservationist side, which are kind of like, you know, why would we put, Omni has no definitive plans that they've laid out in, in several years for this. So their worry is that obviously it'll be leveled and it'd be just a vacant lot mm-hmm. um, or an open lot. Um, you know, and that's, uh, if it's green space, kind of like it is now around it, great. But if it turns into like a surface parking lot, we've got tons of those in Louisville. So um, I think ideally the, the best, you know, the best conclusion would be to incorporate that as part of some larger building. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if the Omni could, you know, if they have a plan for an entertainment type venue, could this structure serve in some way to be part of that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that develop, which I saw a couple of people on social media on our story saying like, you know, why not adaptively reuse this, like say Union Station at Slugger Field, which is a really cool part of that building, mm-hmm. um, which had nothing to do with baseball at, at one point. So, yeah. um, but it doesn't appear to be that we're headed that way. <laughs> And it's worth noting that some of the preservationists that are fighting to save it have also broached that idea of incorporating it into the Omni design, whatever they do, uh, not tearing it down, but incorporating it into something bigger. So they're not opposed to Omni doing something there. They just don't want them to tear the building down. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, the odd fellows don't use it anymore. Uh, and you could um, have a grievance with that organization, but uh, the building itself, you know, you could change the name or, or like, or like Jay said, put it apart as something else. Like, uh, you know, if, if it's a part of uh, another structure, like Union Station, I don't think of Union Station. Uh, I think of Louisville Slugger Field, you know, even though that, that was a, is a part of Louisville Slugger Field. So, so yeah, I guess the argument could be made there. Um, uh, w- one other thing I want to point out, and somebody pointed out to me yesterday that the actual name of the building is Liberty Hall, but no one calls it that anymore. The Oddfellows building, oh, okay. the organization was there so long that it's it's one of many buildings in Louisville. That it's goes by one nickname. of those buildings, yeah. It's, it goes by its nickname rather than its real name. So yeah, the Second noting, Street Bridge, I, I, many old yes. Winn Dixies, um, <laughs> which is now is you know is oh. Winn Dixie. Like what 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 about that name? <laughs> <laughs> that, that still exists. I was in Florida last month and drove past uh, the Win Dixie, and I was like, well, "It's still there." <laughs> yeah, you, you give directions by oh, you turn left at the old Odd Fellows Building, not the Liberty Hall. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. You're right about that. I did. Uh, I, I actually didn't know that. I, I thought it was called the Odd Fellows Building, but stands to reason in Louisville, people think people tend to call things by their old names. Uh, yeah, we called the one of the downtown towers the Mercer Building, and that's not its name at all. But a yeah. lot of people still say the Mercer Building or the Aegon Building, and it hadn't been the yeah, Aegon exactly. Building in like thirty years or something. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm trying to think of another example. There, there's a lot of them out there where people just call things by by old names. Um, so, like as far as preservation goes, I don't want nice ornate buildings to be torn down in favor of bland buildings that you can find anywhere that has no character at all. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that we, we focus so much on our past that we don't, uh, we, we're not focusing on our future. And I think the future is more important. Uh, so I'm kind of, I, I kind of take these preservation arguments 
uh, one at a time. Personally, I don't, um, I'm not damn all preservationist. I'm not, uh, I'm not the other way where, where, you know, I don't want to see any development taking place. So I, I don't know. Where do you kind of fall on that spectrum, Shay? Pretty much the, the same as you, you know, this, this building seems like just on the surface, since it's downtown, it's, it, you know, it's a very old building that it would be useful to try and rework it into some use. Now, if it's just sitting there empty forever, that's not really doing much good either. So it's like, mm-hmm. if, if that's the, you know, if that's the case, if it's, then you know, there are times when, you know, you come along with a good, like we, speaking of resistance, uh, you know, top golf. I don't think anyone's going to cry when they tear down the Sears to put the, the old Sears to put the top golf there. Like that someone, will. someone yes. will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. Um, someone will chain themselves to the old Sears. Uh, <laughs> I bought khakis here <laughs> and a and a craftsman tools and, yeah, and a, craftsman and a TV set. and uh, and a house. Sears had uh, everything back. Yeah, in I the mean day. they had houses. You could buy houses in Sears. And fake teeth and everything. Um, <laughs> So, you know, like yeah, I once wrote about somebody buying a barn from Sears. <laughs> Sears was the Amazon of yesteryear. I think there was probably a bunch of like old timey hipsters who said, oh, you shop at Sears, not me. Uh, <laughs> I had like, the Sears catalog before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was but anyway, I didn't mean to derail you there. I don't know where we <laughs> where we were going with that i was about ready to go into service merchandise territory <laughs> oh, speaking man. of awesome concepts take a number like at the bmv your oh, thing will come out, out yeah i didn't belt. even know that <laughs> yeah um uh, i remember yeah, so, the name but yeah and i think that the building is downtown does have some significance in the um steve weiser one of the preservationists and architect uh who's an architect who's you know been vocal about saving it is you know, he's made the case that like downtown's really struggling. Uh, you know, these buildings um, can be, you know, points of interest for people that visit our downtown that are, you know, into history. What is this building? What's the background of it? Um, so, you know, their argument is like right now when downtown's really struggling for myriad reasons, why would you just level a building without, you know, a definite plan on what you're going to do with it? So mm-hmm. I, I understand that argument too but i also think if there was a really nice plan to do something really cool there i don't think you know just keeping the building to be obstructive of that plan would be a good idea so kind of same thing as you i just uh, see see it as a case-by-case thing and this one Mm -hmm. sort of seems up in the air because we don't really know of a plan what the plan is um or if that might include using the building so yeah i think it's agreeable to say people want to see something there and not an empty building. So right. like if Omni's got an idea of what they want to do with it, you know, that would be, it would be great to hear what that idea is. Um, let's see here. I'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, we'll talk to Haley about the latest comings and goings in the restaurant world. Um, just this show, we always seem to have Haley come on and recap everything that's going on. It's been kind of slow lately, Haley. Like, there's not been the flurry of, like, local restaurant news that we were seeing last year. Hopefully that isn't pandemic-related. But we do have some stuff. Uh, What's going on down in Middletown you were just writing about yesterday? 
Yeah, I was just going to add to that. You know, instead of drowning, I'm able to dog paddle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, there's still plenty going on. Yeah, there, there's still enough news <laughs> happening, but but not like quite like uh, uh, yeah. the barrage you've, of You've got some air a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what's happening in Middletown? Uh, Taco City uh, is opening up their second location on Shelbyville Road, um, <clears throat> and it's going into a 2,500-square-foot space Um next to the Middletown uh, Pharmacy. I f- forget what the full name of that is, um, but it's a shared space and it's a former garage. So um, will be a second location for Taco City. So then you had another story um, unrelated uh, about a new uh, a new shop for Board and You. What, what, first of all, what's Board and You? And then what are they doing? Yeah, Board and You is, uh, was kind of one of the first folks to enter the charcuterie market, which I didn't you know, think those two words Which went together. Yeah. But the charcuterie <laughs> market has exploded in Louisville over the past year. I think, you know, thanks in part to social media, but uh, Board and You was kind of one of the first people on the scene and uh, they launched a charcuterie company, um, hence the name Board and You. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's meats and cheeses and fruits and other things um, that are all displayed on a board very colorfully. Um, and their business has kind of done really well. They opened up a um, shop up in Indianapolis, the Fishers area. That was their first shop, um, but they're based here locally. So they have uh, the Board and You Bistro and Wine Bar, I think is the full name, um, on Pearl Street in downtown New Albany. So they have a restaurant concept, but now they're opening this uh, cheese shop next door um, that will be offering some some retail options for folks as well as wine and other alcohol pairings nice um for our christmas party this year or holiday party this year um we had uh, uh charcuterie boards uh, sent to us uh by uh, our publisher lisa benson and it was awesome like i had, since events had been canceled i hadn't had anything like that in like months and months so it was awesome to get uh, to get some charcuterie uh, <laughs> you know, dressings, uh, you know, during that time. So this is cool that there's going to be a shop where people can pick that up. Now I can't imagine just like not having an event and just like picking up a charcuterie for the afternoon or whatever, but, um, they, they have small like plates just for like one or two people where you can, where you can just like eat it by yourself. But I think charcuterie for the most part is like supposed to be for a group. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but it's been really popular even, you know, with the pandemic limiting group activity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any uh, charcuterie in a storm, I think is okay. Um, and then uh, you have another um, story here. Now this, you know, New Albany, obviously the Northern side of the Metro. Then there's a st- story here about something going on in the South end. That's Corrales. They're opening another location, correct? Yep. Corrales has opened up their new location on Newcut Road. Um, I talked with the owner, Raphael, um, earlier this week, and he said, you know, he had a lot of customers that live down in the New Cut Road area, and he mm-hmm. thought it would be a good opportunity because all they have are fast food options down there. So he decided to open up their sixth location there. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says that they're slowing down for now because they have way too much going on and, you know, not enough hands to continue to expand right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you were able to talk to him. Um, I love Corrales. Uh, six locations. It blows my mind. I mean, that's uh, at that point, it's like a pretty nice kind of, I think, underappreciated 
little restaurant chain we got going on here in Louisville. Have you guys tried Corrales? I have not, but I have heard nothing but like stellar reviews from any time I talk to someone about it. They're like, oh my gosh, the chicken is to die for. It's seasoned like mm-hmm. unlike anything else that we can get in the area. It's pretty so unique. You, you I've heard nothing but good things. And yeah. I just want them to bring a location that's closer to me because I'm on the Indiana side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it'll be a, bit, a minute. Yeah. I've had it, but weirdly, I haven't had I've, a chicken. I've had crawlies once and loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you, Shay? Um, did you say? Did you say another chicken? That's the, that's the main thing. I know it's so stupid. I got, I got a, <laughs> I got Postmates delivered one night. Oh man, it's an SNL skit now. Um, I got Postmates delivered, and I got some of like beef burrito type of thing. Huh. I didn't even and know they had. I don't know that anyone does, but me. <laughs> um, it might have just been showed. It might have showed up on like the weird Postmates menu. But I got it, and I wouldn't get that again. I wasn't my thing. Yeah. But then again, they're a rotisserie chicken restaurant, and they can't account for like stupid user error. Like yeah. Me. Um. In general, I'm not a big rotisserie chicken fan, though. Like, I like fried chicken and I like wings. Um. Because I kind of see it like baked chicken, and uh, but I. I definitely need to try. Yeah. Like maybe it's good even though it's baked. I mean, right. I mean, this sounds totally like healthy. I ordered some beef burrito from him, but I'm (laughs) one time I I ordered like Buffalo wings at, uh, El Nepal. (laughs) 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 I swear. I think they had to run to the grocery store and get the wings. (laughs) No one's ever ordered that. I know. I was like, and like the guy looked at me like, what? We have that? (laughs) Oh, okay. There it is. All right. (laughs) How were they? Uh, They were, they were good, um, but it took a long time to get them. So that's why I think they were like, oh crap, someone run to Kroger and get some wings. They went to another restaurant and bought some wings and brought them back. Maybe it was over. Yeah. They went to uh, BW3s and got those. Why do you said you like it? Yeah. I've only had it once. I think I had the downtown one and love the chicken, which I like rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Fried chicken, pretty much any way you give it to me. Fried <laughs> ch- chicken wings. I'm a big chicken fan in general. So, yeah, I'm definitely thumbs up. I need to go back at some point. Chicken is a very versatile meat. You can, like, do so many things with it. And it I can be healthy or terrible for you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I can't cook chicken well myself. Like, that's the one, I would say, probably the one meat that, like, I can't get to come out right, no matter which way I cook it. Baked, air fried, uh on the grill, whatever, like it always comes out stringy and just not good. So chicken is like the one thing that I'll order at other restaurants because like theirs tastes fine. I don't know what's wrong with mine. <laughs> well, um, I think I've tried, yeah, I've tried air fryer. It's it. I have a hard time with it, like on the grill because I just, it comes out drier than I want it to. But, um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent at chicken. I think, I, I think, um, what's helped me a lot is, uh, I use a food thermometer when I cook instead of trying to um, guess. And I know that makes me less of a chef and more of a scientist, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, it does help you like not overcook things. So yeah. Or, you know, get some salmonella. <laughs> yeah. Or die. <laughs> well, you know, the goal with like steak is like, at least for most people is like, I want it medium rare. I want it rare. You know, that's like what you're aiming for. But like, if you aim for that with chicken, then yeah you're cruising for a bruising (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly you can eat like 
beef kind of rare and, yeah. and pork's the same way like one wrong move and you're dead <laughs> so uh but anyway um i think that's all we got well yo you know what i wanted to ask you guys before i go before we go uh your picks for uh the ncaa tournament wow. have you guys filled out brackets marty i'll start with you you seem like a guy who has filled out a bracket no i have not this is oh my god it's thursday man <laughs> no i'm i'm normally really into college basketball but i've just not been into it at all this year like i barely watched any games i think it's mostly covid like i just i just can't get into it and then a lot of teams having to you know shut down their programs and start them back up it's just like it, that has been just, very tough <laughs> at some point i just stopped caring um, yeah but you know, I'm hoping the tournament. I haven't filled out a bracket, so I'm gonna have to do that. I'm hoping the tournament will kind of reignite my interest. Um, hopefully, there'll be some really good games. There usually is, um, especially in the early rounds. So, I'm th- I'm gonna go with the like, you know, super safe pick, kinda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Gonzaga's really good this year. I feel like they've had a chance to win the tournament and kind of blown it in the past. So, I'm gonna say this is the year they finally get over the hump and, and win the tournament. So. Yeah, I concur, man. I'm like, um, I was trying to get into college basketball this year and I root for cards. Um, and then the COVID pauses, just like I would turn it, you know, I'd be like, well, they're not playing for a week and a half and then like forget about it and, you know, kind of move on. Uh, but I'm hoping that by filling out a bracket and uh, putting in, you know, the office pool or whatever, just five bucks, I'm hoping I'm like that, you know, at least I'll have the five bucks I'm interested in, even though Louisville didn't make the tournament this year, I can at least like uh, look, you know, enjoy uh, uh, getting going with somebody else. And I use the auto pick and the auto, like it just has some bracketologist fill it out for me. Um, which is better than me trying to do it myself. Uh, and that bracketologist says Illini are going to win everything. So um, I guess I'm rooting for the Illini this year. I have nothing against Illinois. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Shay, how about you? Are you, uh, you excited for the tournament? Uh, I am. I'm excited that it's all in Indiana, um, <laughs> which I think is really going to be unique and cool. And to see them playing at like college. Assembly Hall. Vi- yeah, at Assembly Hall, even though. Of course, you know, the perfect year that Indiana or UofL or UK to be in it or, you know, any number of other Indianapolis or Indiana schools. Local teams, some, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Butler's not in, Notre Dame, Ball State, Evansville, like none, none of those teams are in. And, you know, there's only one each from Kentucky, you know, Moorhead State and then Purdue in, in Indiana, God help us. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I have Illinois winning it all, uh, beating Gonzaga in the final game. Um, I've watched Illinois a lot this year, not just because they played IU twice, beat IU twice, um, but I watched three of their games in the Big Ten tournament. Just they're really, really fun to watch. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I think the Big Ten was the best league this year, so I've got them winning. And, and it'll be fun to uh, to see, like I said, that uh, just all the teams close together and playing in familiar venues, but rather than like you know faceless big kind of. That is going to be definitely um, a different experience this year. So I think you're right. Think be there'll be some sad. fans. There'll be some fans. So yeah, cool. Yeah, Haley, how about you? Well, I hate to join in on the Eli and I bandwagon, but um, I think my husband would be very upset if he listened to this podcast and hear, heard me pick a different team. My husband <laughs> is a diehard Illinois basketball fan. He has been since he was a kid. 
Um, and he's been crestfallen every year since 2005 when uh, Illinois had a chance to win the national the national title and uh, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, they've, and they've been really bad ever since. Um, and this is kind of, you know, the rebirth of their program under Brad Underwood. And, you know, it's been really fun. Like Shay said, they've been a really fun team to watch. Um, my husband watches every single game. Um, so So I, in turn, watch bits and pieces of them as well. Um, so I hope that they win um, or at least, you know, have a, have a deep run in the tournament. But if not, I'm rooting for a Big Ten, big ten team because um, I'm a Hoosier grad and uh, wish Indiana was in the tournament. Uh, don't want to see Purdue win, <laughs> obviously, because of that. But still rooting <laughs> for the Big Ten to do well because, you know, they have the most teams in the tournament this year. Yeah. So if we're all in the office poll together and we all picked <laughs> Illinois to win, then uh, I don't think we're getting much out of the office poll if we're right. So <laughs> I haven't picked yet for the office poll. So you guys are influencing my decisions. Maybe I'll betray my husband and pick, you know, Gonzaga or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm planning to join in. <laughs> it's I've heard it said many times this year that it seems like really experienced teams are the ones that can do the best uh, through this uh, COVID uh, through the COVID pauses and that sort of thing. Cause they don't get to, you know, learn from each other as much as they would in a normal year. So and, I think they're a safe bet. So, yeah, I was going to say Illinois has, you know, been doing really well this season, but it, they're one of those teams that can kind of play to their ability sometimes or play to their opponent's ability mm-hmm. to where like, if they're facing a worse team, like it would just be the worst thing ever if they lost in the first round. <laughs> um, I feel like my husband is actually worried about that because it wouldn't be the first time that Illinois like let him down. Oh life. yeah. Just totally yeah. blew it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I hopefully, hope hopefully no Cinderella story on that side. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all we're going to do this week. Uh, before we go, let's uh, share social media handles so people can find us online. Purdue fans mostly can find us online and yell at us. Uh, Shay, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter at uh, Shay Van Hoy, my name. Um, also post a lot of our stuff on LinkedIn or our reporters and content on LinkedIn. That's best place to find me. All right. Uh, Haley. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BF Lou Haley, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. And Marty. Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter at BF Lou Marty, and I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. So check me out in one of those spots. All right. And you can find me online on Twitter at dman3001 and Instagram dman3001. And then you can find me on LinkedIn too. I, uh, I've been posting there and I've been posting links to this podcast lately. So hopefully if you, uh, if you, if you need to check out our landing page, it's going to be there. Um, that's all we have for this week. Uh, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing on popular services like Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Haley, Marty, and Shay. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye.